Well, hello, 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 and welcome to the Outpouring Fellowship Podcast. Today we have a special guest, but before we get to that, this podcast is for Jesus lovers who question the church. Our special guest is Stefan Olvera of Rev20 Rev20, myself, Matthew Patton, and my co-host, um, Oh, now you're going to mess up Caleb my name. Mayer, I, mean, I, my, yeah, fair. I had a brain fart, I'm fair. sorry. I think that's fair. Fart. <laughs> for those who are new i keep butchering uh matt's last name so it's fair and all in all fairness that he either forgets my name or mispronounced it so uh <laughs> and all good fun uh yes i am your other host caleb meal <laughs> all right and you can watch this live every wednesday on rumble caleb also is getting it uploaded to youtube a YouTube channel. Yes. Um, so I don't have that on this slide, but you can tell the people. Yes, uh, and I'll and I'll send the the, the link for uh, for um, on the platforms and all that, and I'll uh, we'll update the, that information. Uh, but yes, we have our own YouTube channel, uh, Outpouring Fellowship Ecclesia, uh, to for everyone. Just you know, if you if, whether you don't use Rumble. And just want to use YouTube. Either way, uh, it's just and but it's very convenient that we can. It's, it's a blessing that we can put this live on Rumble. So Matt worked that out. So it's it's great. But for those who just just used to YouTube, it's there. So we just post the recordings on there, so you guys can listen to it that way. Or and again, if you don't like watching things and just listening, it will be on your uh, favorite podcast platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can reach us at outpouring underscore fellowship at proton.me. Caleb, you can reach at Caleb underscore meal on Instagram, myself on Telegram at Matthew 76. The background music is Indie Folk Background by Caleb Productions. Oh, and we're also on True Social. If you guys are on True Social, um, have that in the later credits. <laughs> yes. And also for those, I think I mentioned that I was updating on my other email channel, uh, Caleb Meal at Outlook. Dot com if you guys want to if, if you can't because a lot of you may don't, don't use instagram so here's an email that you can reach to uh, reach to me mm -hmm. all right so here we are all right so stefan who are you mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. why should the people so, care <laughs> so i am a young man who was growing up in life as a child and it was around the age of 12, so 12 years old, when I had this revelation given to me, a vision of sorts. And the Lord was showing me effectively that um, there were these giants, um, almost the size of small mountains, that he was allowing me to see. And he was making a point to teach me something very important that I would keep with me for the rest of my life. And it was the... Um, uh, the idea, the practice, uh, the prayer that uh, Jesus would be my champion, that Jesus would fight my battles, win my battles, that sort of a deal. And he would remove those giants at the time. And that was the example he showed me. And I would hold on to that, that knowledge. And it was very important later in life. So at 14 years old, the Lord 
um, basically called me to go into video game uh, ministry. And of course, at the time, that meant video game research because you cannot become a game developer without lots of research. So uh, that was the beginning of him pivoting my life in that direction. So that was at 14. And a very important second, uh, I would say, revelation occurred then. And it was the importance of of basically dying to my own ideas, dying to letting go of my own game designs and, you know, what have you, any of that, my own character, so on, legacy. That had to be replaced by what he had in mind, his legacy, his games, his ideas, his designs. So he had to become the um, CEO, the commander in chief of the operation, in a manner of speaking, spiritually speaking. So on earth, I would represent him and, you know, take on all legal matters, but everything else, um, that would be him as far as like getting the ideas, the inspiration, uh, the direction and so on. So that was 14. And uh, the other thing was that, um, wait, hold on. Do I have sound? You do, you do hear me, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I so, had a, a missed connection on my end. Don't worry. I got to fix it. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so basically what it is, is that, um, let's see, 14, that was shown to me. And then, uh, yes, I did go through some necessary training and to, you know, 3D modeling and so on. I also started to look into um, other things because I realized that if I um, tried to release games early, it would only be within my own understanding. And this is around the ages of perhaps like uh, 19 and 20. Um, I realized I need to look into other um, aspects of design that no one had looked into previously. So with that in mind, I began to research to see if um, video gaming was promoting messages uh, or even assumptions mm. that perhaps we were taking into our own lives, our own walk with God. And because I didn't know at the time, you know, I always thought of video games as anyone would. It's a product, it's entertainment. Uh, but for the first time, I realized I had to go research and see, is there an underlying message? And is there a message that you can connect to all the video games, uh, potentially movies as well, visual novels, comic books, multimedia in general? So when I asked the Lord about this, uh, he began to show me that basically it's all about intent. So what is our intention? So I realized that the video game uh, protagonist, so the um, the so-called hero of the story, the, um, the go-getter character, the one who gets stuff done, that's usually what the audience is invited to play as, being in the role or the shoes of. And I was curious, well, what's the underlying message there? And one of the things the Lord was revealing to me was that it's very important, um, as far as the uh, standard message of a journey or an adventure or the idea of being a hero or the one who gets um, solves the problems is that we have to solve it from our own point of view, our own understanding, our own strength. So I thought this was very, very important and intriguing. Uh, it would lead to something greater. So uh, a greater uh, awareness of what was behind that. So I decided I'm going to go look into, is there a contrast to that? So I asked the Lord about it and he directed me to look into um, worship music. So look at the, the lyrics, what's the message in the lyrics. Um, look into the, um, I would say also the scriptures. So the, the gospels, 
uh, that you see Jesus uh, in teaching and instructing and see if there's any contrast there. And it turns out there was very, very important contrast. It turns out that what Jesus is saying is basically to um, like let go of the cares of this world uh, and depending on who it was, if it was the rich young man, give up all his treasures. If it was um, people who loved their families and wanted to bury uh, their dead, uh, Jesus would say like, you know, let the dead bury the dead, leave your families, follow me. And I was looking into these patterns. Mm -hmm. And then I look back into video gaming, uh, just the patterns we see there. And what I realized is that there are two conflicting patterns. They actually don't get along whatsoever. So I began to look into that specifically. And that's what really, I would say, accelerated the journey into where I am today. It, it really began there. So, and, and by this point, that was around the age of 19 or even early 20s. Uh, so basically what happened was I began to try and write down a kind of like a formula, um, but it was written. It, it wasn't numbers. It was more description and it was roles. So what is my role in the story? What is their role, the, the audience's role? I started to like do this formula and write that down. So I could more easily see what was going on between these two, we'll call them systems. The one that Jesus promotes in the gospels and then the one that we have assumed for ourselves when we create, uh, when we produce or develop, but also uh, consume uh, multimedia stories. And one of the things I realized is that there are very important roles in life. Um, and there are three of them. When you break it down, and you oversimplify it and you can see these roles clearly. So one of them is the role of the uh, boss. And this is in a video game context. You do see it in some movies as well. It's the idea that you take the journey, you get to the end, you find usually the antagonist or some equivalent and you defeat the antagonist. So that's kind of the role of the boss. What I noticed in our multimedia is that uh, we usually place the evil one in the role of the boss. So to be more precise, the role of the boss in the video game context, some movies and comic books, so on, is the idea that uh, the boss is power, the boss is authority. Um, so this is very important to keep in mind as we continue forward on this topic. So the next role, the second one, let's say, are the I would say the characters that have to be saved, the ones that have to be helped, uh, delivered so they could be prisoners. A lot of video games represent this by freeing the prisoners or uh, saving people from invasions. Uh, in this particular role, what I've realized is that there is a sort of, um, we can say the Greek mythology connection as one example. It is not restricted to Greek mythology, but it's a decent one to uh, compare with that the, uh, Again, from the Greek mythos point of view, the gods must be saved by their people. They must be saved by their followers, interestingly. Uh, so no matter how much power they have, the idea from a mythological point of view, and video games do have this usually, uh, almost always, as a matter of fact, uh, the idea is you, the player, uh, the audience, the one who is saving the day, and we'll get to that role pretty soon, they have to save the gods or they have to save the people of the population, so on. That's the second role. The third role is the protagonist, the, we can say the hero, the champion. This is where the audience is. This is where we are usually. Uh, we have to actually save other people in the story. 
we have to go defeat the devil as the boss. We have to save the gods per se. And this again, a Greek mythos, um, decent example, point of view comparison. But, but it doesn't stop there. I realized that even as believers in Jesus, as Christians, we have also have uh, brought this thinking into our walk with God. So we brought this assumption that, and again, going back to that formula, that instead of the gods of say, you know, uh, multi-God religion, instead now we think, okay, we have God Almighty, but we are placing Jesus. God Almighty, Jesus, into that role. But even the Heavenly Father, the, you know, the Father and the Son, we even look at the Father this way, we look at the Holy Spirit this way, and Jesus most of all. But we're placing God in that box, in that second role position. And where mm. we get this from, we get it from our media, we get it from our video games and movies. There's no need to question it because there's never been a need to question. It just is. And when you ask about it, which no one really does because, well, no one knows, you just assume that's just the way it is. And what happens is naturally, we begin to assume that perhaps God wants us to operate the exact same way. Mm. Because, well, we grew up on these these games, so it became part of our psyche, became part of our mind, became part of our soul. And just innately, we think, well, if anyone ever asks us the question, what do you think God wants you to do in life? We may automatically perhaps assume, oh, well, perhaps it's like the video game or the movies. You have the adventure, you have the hero, we must be the hero, we have to do it ourselves. Our own understanding, our own strength, doesn't matter how hard the journey may be, we will overcome, we are overcomers, but most importantly, from video game context, we would do it in our own power. It's a self-help book, it's a self-help um, manner of resolving the problem. And Very all true. great stories mm -hmm. have problems that get resolved. And the stories that are considered greater, that people tend to love, are stories that have good pacing and good plot resolution. It ties back to this topic. So we just assume this. So when I was revealed this, when I realized it, I had to go look at what Jesus was saying in the Gospels and see, well, does Jesus say anything akin to this, anything parallel? But it turns out, no, it's actually quite different. I was noticing that uh, Jesus uh, talks about um, submit to the Lord, resist the devil, he shall flee from you. The key phrase is submit to the Lord first. Um, so that's a contrast. It doesn't play along with the system I was speaking of previously. I began to research that. I decided to write down a very simple formula. Again, three roles and decided to see, well, where does God fit into this? Where does uh, God Almighty, Jesus specifically, uh, but that includes Heavenly Father. He sent him after all, um, fit into this. Where do we fit into this? Uh, where does the evil one fit into this? So looking at, say, this formula, this uh, system of what Jesus is preaching in the gospels and New Testament, and you see it in the book of Isaiah, Old Testament as well, and so on, um, basically, uh, God Almighty, Lord Jesus, uh, he is in the position of two roles in one. Uh, from a video game context, again, he is in the position of what we think of as the boss, and I'll explain that in a moment. He's also in the position of savior. So in other words, the hero, the champion, the one who brings resolution, very important. So I realized, well, that's different from the other system. Uh, I was looking at the second role, the, the other one. So that would be the devil in this case. Where is he in all this? Well, when I was looking into what Jesus was preaching and teaching and so on instructing, I realized that when the devil is dealt with, when God has basically dealt with him, removed him uh, from the equation, he becomes relegated to the sidelines because God has dealt with him, defeated him, and so on. 
So I realized that the evil one is definitely the oppressor role, the distractor, the, um, what do you say, the one who brings deception. But ultimately, his end game that God has for him is to be pushed off the table because video games tie back to board games. They do have a direct connection in history to that. So you have to imagine the chess game, you got to imagine the table, something akin to that. But it can be any kind of game, very important. So if God has dealt with the devil already, and again, this is the context of Jesus on the cross. Uh, he defeated hell and death. He resurrected. It's a lot of victory involved mm -hmm. from the side of God. But what does that leave us? That's the third role in what we could call Jesus' system and what he's teaching. And it turns out that we are no longer, this is the third role, this is who we are, the audience. We're no longer in the position of a hero, the position of bringing resolution to the problem of the story. We're no longer the champions of our own lives. Now, instead, we are basically having to acknowledge that we are, in a sense, the prisoner, uh, the oppressed, the one who's been targeted. We need help. So when we come to that point of surrender, when we come to that point of submission, we humble ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, I do need help. Um, if I had the strength to uh, save myself, the strength to cleanse myself, you know, I would do it, but I can't. You know, I've tried and it doesn't quite work out for me. I'm going to go with you, Jesus. I'm going to go with your Holy Spirit. I'm going to go with your uh, perspective. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are your ways higher than uh, my ways, so your thoughts higher than my thoughts. So that's scripture um, back in the Old Testament. So uh, to acknowledge that God is greater, he's got the better plan. So we come in and we acknowledge, yes, you know, we are the prisoners. We, we are the oppressed, we, we need deliverance. And we go to God, going back to that roles that I was mentioning earlier. Um, and we go to God and we acknowledge him as the boss. Again, video game context, boss equals power, it equals authority. Uh, but uh, unlike the other system that I was speaking of earlier, uh, in this version, uh, we go to God Almighty, the boss for deliverance. It's, it's very different. And something very important happens. We stop acknowledging the devil as the um, the Lord over our lives. And we start acknowledging the creator, the one who created us as the Lord over our lives. This also perfectly explains Jesus' role in the scriptures. Uh, we know that no one gets to the Father except through Jesus. Uh, that scripture, paraphrase. Um, so that ties perfectly into again, this formula that I had to basically write down for myself just so I could see it better. Um, so then I realized, well, if we give God Almighty the permission, Jesus, of course, to remove the devils of uh, conflicts, obstructions, and other such uh, things in our lives, imagine the table, the board game, a video game is just a virtual board game, basically. Uh, and instead of the devil being at the table, now he's been basically shoved out of the table, quite literally. And it's just God and um, myself, yourself, the individual. And there's no more excuses between you and God. There's, there's no more uh, devil to distract or get in the way. Now, it's just you and God at that table. It's very personal and it's very important because you have to choose to be there. The, mm -hmm. It's kind of like Nebuchadnezzar, when he looked up after seven years to heaven and God restored his humanity. It's very similar to that too, and important to keep in mind. So from a video game, board game, or tabletop context, think of it as chess if you want to look at it that way. It is important to draw that there is a military connection to video game, uh, war games, uh, quite literally. Uh, but of course, you can also have war simulations. And that's basically what chess is, checkers, you name it. Yeah. Um, so this is very important. The idea is who is the commander in chief of your life? 
it's not a topic I hear very often, but when I think of the book of Joshua, I definitely see it. When I think of Hezekiah, his time in the scriptures, I see it and, and so on. So basically, um, and as a matter of a commander in chief, some video games or board games, they, their genre is the idea that you are a commanding officer or you're the soldier and you get stuff done on the battlefield. So it's very relevant to scripture. So the question is, well, who is commanding? What's the command structure? Who is the leader? Who's issuing the orders? So as long as we keep driving Jesus away from our lives, and of course the heavenly father, because hey, no son, no father, simple as that. Um, and of course, the driving out Holy Spirit, you get the, the idea, the gist. Um, we are left alone, of course, and that's the whole idea. So we continue to try to attack the devil on the side of that table. And forever, we're going in this vicious loop, this vicious cycle, believing what we've grown up with. Well, surely I am the hero. Surely I have the power. But the consequence is, nope, nope, nope. The devil's still there. Why is that? So we're stuck in this vicious loop. And until the day comes, when we humble ourselves before the Lord. So once we give the Lord that authority, devil's pushed off the table, there we are again. And again, commander-in-chief position is exactly what the topic becomes. If we are the commander-in-chief of our um, personality, so this ties back into some of the cultural terminologies that also come from scripture, but also from more common culture as well. So think about in the Greeks, the Greek uh, culture, they thought about the mind. Keep that in mind, literally. Uh, in the Hebrew culture, they would call it the heart. In mm -hmm. psychology, uh, psychology uh, they would call it the ego. In a more, um, our culture today, we call it the soul. From a more common point of view, it's just literally you, Y-O-U. It's the you part of who you are. It's, it's virtually the same thing that they're describing. The point is, who is in command of you? The innermost part of you the soul to better, you know, explain that. Mm -hmm. um, so if you are commander in chief and you control your armies, meaning think about this as your will, your thoughts, your intentions, your goals, um, these could be thought of as your soldiers. Cause in a video game, that's pretty much how it works. I'm going to move my soldiers over here. I'm going to get stuff done my way. According to my mind, you get the idea. So here we are at the table. There's God and there's just, you know, the individual, myself, yourself. And we have to lay it all on the table. We have to just uh, place all of our armies. If you can, you know, imagine that. Um, if we're an empire, you know, place all of our Imperial soldiers, all of our Navy, all of our Air Force, everything is on that table before God and ourselves. And Everyone can see a game of chess. You got to think very literally here for a moment. In a game of chess that's out in the public, you have a competition. Sometimes they allow people to spectate so they can watch the two players play together. It's very similar here. It's very, very public in a sense because you are basically proclaiming to heaven and earth that you are now in negotiations with God. Because remember, we go back to the uh, military point of view, the idea that here's God Almighty, His kingdom, and then here's you, your kingdom. Uh, again, like the Bible says that the body is a temple. Well, a temple should have some kind of a patron lord. Who is the patron lord of your temple? This is very important. So when we sprawl out all of our armies, all of our thoughts, all of our everything we could have in life on that table, and we tell God, I, you know, the commander of my life, I surrender my army, 
my command, my structure over to you. So um, an amazing thing happens. It ties back to, um, again, Jesus cleansing us of sin. We call that salvation. It ties back to people being delivered from evil, oppressive spirits or attacks. We call that deliverance. But how is that happening? It happens when you merge surrender, or another word is submit. Submit to the Lord. Is this the devil he shall flee? So you mix that with Jesus, uh, the one who has the power and the authority to deliver you. When you put those two together, surrendering to Jesus, those two, what happens is you are basically choosing to lose the game of life, the game of your sin, the game of your problems, the game that the devils are trying to tour you with. You're choosing to lose that, not to the devil, but to your creator, your maker, your savior. It is the acknowledgement, it is the proclamation, it's the transferring of power, the transferring of your command structure. So suddenly you're saying, Lord, you are truly my Lord, and I will obey your commandments, I will do what you say. That's the idea. Well, suddenly he becomes the commander of your armies, the commander of your thoughts, because that is the agreement, that's the negotiation, and that's the treaty, or even the marriage contract, the covenant, that you are signing with him by your mouth, by the words that you speak. So what happens is that the, the devil doesn't want us to be completely aware of what that means. The devil still wants us to think that this is the other system, that mm -hmm. we're still stuck in that earthly, um, like very restricted fleshly world where we still think that we have to have, you know, a greater number of weapons. This is like the whole Gideon story in the mm -hmm. book of Judges, where God told Gideon to reduce the number of men to make a point. God would deliver Israel. It wouldn't be by the strength. It's absolutely true individually. So that's taking the Old Testament and contextualizing it to today, every day, all throughout history. So looking at multimedia, I realized, well, this is interesting because as Christians, we, or, you know, again, um, saved in Jesus, we take this uh, almost innately, I dare say, and we think, oh, it's what I can do for God. Uh, surely God wants me to do something for him. And we fall back into that trap, that error. We think, oh, surely it's just like um, the, the video games or the Greek mythos. You know, we have to save the gods. We, we must save the God of Israel. We got to do something for him. Now, we don't say that to ourselves, obviously, but that is basically what it is. And then when it doesn't work out because we get in the way of what God wants, because we have our own ideas, we then feel the need to punish ourselves. Again, this goes back to the idea that, oh, I failed to save the gods. I must punish myself. And again, it's just lies. We, we assume that we have to punish ourselves. We assume that we have to somehow be worthy for God to work with us. And we forget so easily that the whole point of Jesus' salvation, asking Jesus to be our savior, to cleanse our sins, that whole um, interaction of how that operates was actually a point of surrender, a point of submission. And we so easily forget that um, when we, you know, as young Christians, spiritually, we grow and we're on the milk of the word. We're not quite on the meat yet. And basically, it's that idea that there's so much more to life than just what people have told you, than just what your culture has told you, which ties back to another series of systems that can often entrap us. Um, when I write characters and I look at the context of their backstories, one of the things I've noticed, and again, this is part of the ministry, part of the research, 
is that oftentimes uh, people, individuals, characters, they will travel through life from the time they are children born into this world and they grow up into adults and they will age and they will grow older and they will find themselves trapped in this sort of uh, uh, a triad or, or a trinity of a tug of war. And basically when I researched it and I um, basically looked to see, can I break this down into a simpler uh, viewpoint? I found that all people, regardless, all characters, they have um, the organizational uh, pool, the, the organization, whatever they may be, telling them you must be what the organization tells you to be. On the other side of tug of war, they have the culture. It could be their family, it could be the people around them, it could be their, uh, you know, just general culture they live in, telling them, no, you need to be more like what the culture tells you. Then you have the aspiration. This is like the personal dreams, personal visions and goals. This is what I had to die to at 14, meaning die to that reality. Uh, the idea is that your personal dreams and goals, they may be good, and they may be um, of a sound structure or your intention is good, but God has something better. And quite often, our good intentions can get in the way of the better intentions, the better plan that God has for us. And again, this is drawing from the Old and New Testaments uh, together and individually. So again, this ties back to the system. If we grow up in life and we believe what we're told and we never question it, we never ask about it, then it reminds me of the scriptures like when jesus says in the gospels ask you shall receive seek you shall find knock it should be open to you now that scripture gets quoted a lot mm -hmm. but interestingly i don't think i've actually seen that portrayed in multimedia in the form of like video game mechanisms i've, I've actually haven't seen that exactly it's always been uh smash down the door if you want to get something again we <laughs> we take on that other side of the system and we don't knock on the door we're certainly not knocking on god's door hey god can you you know remove the distraction the devil his opposition we, we usually forget to do that but i'm talking about in a video game context so it also leads to something even greater than that it leads to the idea that we can go through life and we are basically doing what we were always told like I must be the hero you know this is what's expected of me and we don't think about this too much and why should we it's never you know never had a need to question this and we basically become depressed when we realize that it's not working for the people around us because this is what really stumbles people they want to help their loved ones and or maybe it's soldiers in the battlefield and then something just doesn't quite work out the way they intended and it's something that the Lord's been showing me it's like you know, you can try and fight the devil one-on-one. -on -one. And it's almost like when you go to war, there will always be another war. More wars, rumors of wars. If you ask any soldier an honest to God question, were you successful? Were you able to eradicate all the evil from the earth when you went to war? Every soldier who's honest will say no. The evil always got away. And why is that? The reason's because the true enemy is the devil because we don't war against flesh and blood. There's that scripture, uh, but against uh, master spirits, principalities, unclean beings, high places, different translations, but there's a paraphrase. The thing is that if we are truly at war, as the Bible says, and that's exactly what the topic is here, that we are, with unseen, evil, unclean spirits, including the devil, including death, including hell, which Jesus has already been defeating, you know, it's like Colossians 2.15, or the serpent lost his limbs, Genesis 3.14. There's a lot of victories in the Bible. But it's like I like to say to people, even if you take prisoner, the enemy leader, 
uh, the criminal mastermind and you put them in prison, we know in real life, it's factual evidence that they can still operate from their prison cell. They can still operate their mafias, their syndicates. It's the same with the devil, but no one seems to be, when I was growing up, I never actually heard anyone talk about this and it's time. And again, when we think about video game design, when we think about uh, real life, our own walk with God, the way we uh, treat Jesus, or it's like that one scripture in the New Testament, we say, Lord, Lord, but we don't obey him. Well, then is he really our Lord? No. Mm. If you want to have a Lord, you better obey him. That's basically what New Testament is implying very strongly, even straight up saying. So again, I go back to the video game context. I haven't actually seen this. So part of my research has been basically to see if myself or other people were to develop uh, gameplay mechanisms. Um, and again, the movies, you know, they have that, um, uh, the audience is the observer. They observe the movie and it's linear. But in the video game, you have direct participation. Well, then what are you expected to do? Which brings back to a very important aspect of all this. You can ask any individual that you know in life, you can tell them, imagine that you had the power to create the video game life simulation of your choice. It didn't matter if you had to, you know, somehow become a master game designer. This is all about the illustration. You tell them, imagine that you build the video game of your choice right now, right in front of your eyes and your mind. Choose the role that you want. Doesn't matter what you want to be. You want to be the knight in shiny armor. You want to be the princess in the tower, the lord of a kingdom. You know, take your pick. The soldier on the battlefield. That's your choice. Choose the scenario that you are going to live. So again, the problem that has to be resolved. How would you resolve it? Uh, what's the plot? You tell the individual this, and then you ask them, what do you think in that context, if that represents your life, what do you think God expects you to do in life to resolve your sins, to be delivered from evil spirits, to be the best person you can be with your relationships? What do you think God requires of you to do? That so-called video game character that that individual that you asked just created in their mind that is their reality that's what they believe life is all about and suddenly multimedia is not just such a like a fiction anymore it's not just some kind of a nice story that you imagine with your mind no no there's something very real when you directly believe and the character is a representation of you that you think that God needs you to defeat the devil and by your own strength, your own power, your own intellect. Uh, Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six, do not rely on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge the Lord. He should direct your steps, whatever happened to that. Well, it didn't happen, that's the point. So what I'm saying is if someone really went to the Bible, it wasn't just some, um, I would say symbolism alone, it wasn't just an idea or thoughts or concepts. It wasn't just like, oh, you know, this is a video game. And, you know, it, it has maybe concepts of Jesus. And I'm saying, no, that's not good enough anymore. We live many decades with those kind of products. It doesn't cut it. We're living in generations now where the elders play video games all the way to the children who are being born and all in between. And they're looking to their media for messages. Well, unfortunately, the messages are incorrect. And it's not their fault. It's just that those famous pop songs that say that's all I've ever known. Well, the logic is that's all I'll ever do. And that's what I'll defend. When you go to other cultures, why do you think they put up opposition? Because that's all they know, that's all they'll do, that's what they will defend. Because it was taught that that was the truth to them. Only problem is what if that's not the entire truth? 
another problem is what happens if you are a believer in Jesus, you are cleansed of sins, but you're still struggling with evil spirits. So what's going on there? Well, clearly there is some kind of vulnerability and the enemy is attacking through that vulnerability. And amazingly, there have been some movies that kind of shown this, but I'm saying it goes even deeper. One day when video games, when the Lord allows this, truly are parallel to what Jesus is commanding, which is what his father told him. He was very uh, explicit about this. He did not speak in his own authority, speaking about Jesus here. Uh, he spoke with what his father shared with him. And of course, there's mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit involved and so on. But what's important to remember is I think too often, I know that too often, because I've seen this as Christians also, not just as secularists, but also Christians, we look at Jesus and we look at him from afar. We put him on a pedestal, we paint plaster on him, and we say, well, Jesus, that was you, and this is me. Mm. That's kind of the whole video game thing too. Well, Jesus, you're the God I need to save. You're just another Greek God. I mean, from our point of view, video game, and I'm gonna you know, wash the idol, I'm gonna clean the idol, I'm gonna save the idol, protect it from all harm. But that's not how God operates. We have a living, loving Father in heaven who, and I'm gonna to go to Laodicea real fast. This is the closing ending now. Revelation chapter three. There's a very curious uh, verse and, you know, different translations and so on. But a paraphrase of it goes like this. The Lord disciplines those whom he loves, the children that he loves. So why would a loving father say a statement like that to Laodicea, uh, you know, the seventh Ecclesia in that chapter? But we have to ask that same question about ourselves, that if the Lord has to discipline us or correct us, which is what discipline is, especially when a loving father doesn't want his son to perish, even an evil father, as Jesus said, could give, you know, a fish instead of a stone, bread instead of a snake, but how much more a loving father? And going back to Rev 3, so basically the Lord loves us. He will correct us. But if we don't give him the time of day, we will never be corrected. If we stay in that rebellion, that's the Laodicean, that's the implication, Laodicean, that's us. Laodicea basically says, um, I have wealth, I have riches, I, you know, I, um, I have nutrition, I got my food, um, I'm well-dressed, well-clothed. And Jesus is basically saying through the angel, through John, through the letter, uh, no, actually, your clothing, I can see everything. You're not really covered. Um, and you're exposed to the elements. That's the thing about clothing. It, you're actually exposed to, like, cold weather. Look at Paul, you know, he suffered cold and, and all that. Um, that's what Laodicea goes through and without even realizing it. But where's that denial coming from? And, Again, you know, go ahead. You know, and that kind of reminds me of what the Pharisees were dealing with. Yep. That, you know, the the whole idea of physician heal thyself. How can the blind lead the blind without leading, the, leading each other into a pit? And if you're blind, you don't know you're blind unless someone points it out. Right. That was yeah. Jesus' role. In those moments and that's why say the tax collector went home justified before God but the Pharisee didn't no. because the tax collector recognized that he was a loser <laughs> yeah he beat his chest didn't even look up to heaven he's like I screwed up I don't deserve forgiveness but I need it I need you to yes intervene in my life where the Pharisees like <laughs> at least I'm not like that guy <laughs> um, so true. blind and to sort of tease out 
I, I would say that to a certain extent, life is a combination of those models. It's not purely one or the other. We want, the human nature wants it to be, I'm the hero of my own story, mm -hmm. right? Real life is usually messier than that. And I would say that it's, uh, you get to be hero within the context of following God's, of obeying God. He, he allows you to enter that role because part of that process is becoming identified with Christ. So if Jesus is the hero, if Jesus is, you know, the boss, which, yeah, he is, um, then if we become identified with him and we have given up our ideas, our ways, and adopted his, then we become the boss. Delegation. It's all about authority. Right. So yes. just kind of, and just kind of adding to that, just well, let's go back to biblical characters. Um, what did Israel uh, seek out um, when they were in um, when they finally were settled into the promised land and all that? All of a sudden, they wanted a king like everybody else, and God said, "Okay." I'm going to give you a king. And yet the Lord used kings, and some kings were righteous before the Lord that, that, that loved the Lord. And there, of course, there, there are those. <laughs> and there are those that uh, did, that did wicked in the sight of the Lord. Mm. Um, but, it was, but again, the Lord allowed this so that the people could identify that knowing, hey, even though you, have a, you may have a ruler, this ruler has got sin, flaws. You needed to put me as king and yet uh when we identify him as king then then we receive the, that blessing we receive um everything that comes with it if we just acknowledge him as the the real king the true king um because he he knows what's right whatever he does he commands us we uh, we will always succeed and and all that just like with the and with the promise that i was just reading the devotional be a reminder when the spies came from spying in uh canaan bringing all the the, the the huge fruit and uh and then yet they brought this fruit and they were bringing this testimony but then you had the 10 spies declaring a fear and then you had the two uh joshua and caleb saying oh there's a reason why we saw this and look have we not guys have you forgotten the miracles that, that we, we were got that we that took us out of egypt we, with the, with god's authority we can take these giants down um, but, but again, uh, but just, just going back to the whole detail, if we just put him as our identity, then everything else will, I, I guess, will be put in place. Everything else will follow. It's just our mindset, because it's so true, it, you'll see it in every character in, in, the, in the Bible. And uh, it is amazing how the like, video games and all that, I would say, are just inspired by true stories. Whether that be biblical or just uh, um, geographical history, uh, they're inspired from these kind of stories. Because Bible has all that: the boss, the the, the people who are in danger. Then you have the hero. But with with that scenario, I, and I'm, kind of, I'm kind of going a lot off track, and, I'm, and I do apologize. But in that scenario where you know God, you know God calls that that person, whether that, that be a Gideon or um, uh, Samson or, or uh, a David or whatnot. 
or Prophet Elijah or on all that. Um, they couldn't do it. They couldn't save the people without be given power and authority. You know, when with these games, you know, there's they're always be given some. They're always given some kind of authority because they can't win a battle without that authority. And it's with us. We may be called to it, but we don't. But by ourselves, we can't do it. So God gives us the tools that we need in order to get. So again, and those tools are all to point back to Him, not to glorify us, but to Him. So, hey, through this person that you see is weak, through my power, He is strong. Absolutely. So, from just kind of a gist of what you've described, uh, Stefan. Uh, from all from, a lot, from all this information, uh, from what the desire is for their game, it's basically, for one thing, to make a game relatable to people's, uh, you know, actual lives, but also teaching them uh, how to put Jesus uh, to, to uh, keep their eyes on Jesus. Is that my is that my understanding? Yes, and you know, it's interesting um, what both uh, you, Matt, and Caleb just uh, talked about in the um, last five minutes, more or less, that what you have stated, that is actually not known whatsoever. 100%, it is not known among video gamers. The whole purpose of me coming on here is to get that out there. Everything mm -hmm. I just told you today, that is not known. This is not common knowledge. I've Man. studied, I've scoured the internet, I've looked through these sermons I, that I grew up on as a child. And unfortunately, everything that the, all the topics, all the systems, everything put together, that we have discussed today are not known in game design. They are not known in a kind of, um, as you were saying, Caleb, um, that video games are inspired off the Bible. Although that is true, unfortunately, it is not quite to the level that, in other words, it should be what you're speaking of. It should right. be there, but it right. isn't yet. And what we're discussing today, I would say is actually deliverance for people who actually, they don't know. It's, it's actually a place of ignorance and we are, Basically, what Jesus did, he tore that veil. He tore the veil. That's really what's going on here. Is that equivalent and saying God wants to play the games with His children, with you, His child, His children. He wants to develop games with you, His child, His children. So we look at David, and we think, oh, uh, for some reason, we just think, well, David, he was a great man of God. He was a great. He was a great. I'm repeating on purpose. You see what's going on there? We just pedestaled him. We just fell mm -hmm. into that trap again. And we don't ever really pay attention. What did David do? He literally went into a spiritual warfare with Goliath. Goliath was like praising his gods. David praised God Almighty. And we completely overlooked that in video gaming. We completely overlooked that in our walk with Jesus, surrender. So even though it is inspired off the Bible and even, you know, mythology is inspired off the Bible, but unfortunately, it's not quite to the level that the Heavenly Father that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, would want it to be yet. But mm. there's a reason for that. Where there's darkness, there is always that opportunity to spread light, truth, mm -hmm. um, to be removed deceit. And we're talking about freedom freedom from oppression. People, and, you know. And freedom. yeah, and on the, on the note of truth, the reason why these stories, why these narratives, why these games resonate with us is because there's always a grain of truth in there, at least one. Mm -hmm. It could be really small. But if there's no truth in something, we'll just reject it. It, it won't have any life. Um, and that's, I mean, that's part of why 
so many people got sucked into role-playing games in general, whether it be World of Warcraft, whether it be Guild Wars, whether it be Path of Exile. I mean, they're dime a dozen at this point. There's or so any, many of or, them out there. Or, any, or even then, any, any kind of games that lead into uh, witchcraft, sorcery, which is a thing. And most uh, of these, most of the ones that I just mentioned, have magic as a pretty strong emphasis. Yeah. You're wielding it, yeah. Usually to, uh, usually towards the end of benefiting somebody other than just yourself. But sometimes it's just yourself. Um, because we're because that, enemies. because as as human beings, we're attracted by power. It's, it's just the thing is that God wants us to be attracted by His power, mm -hmm. because His power brings life. His power brings purpose. His um. Uh, power changes lives for the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So continue uh, what you were saying, Stevan, about the about deliverance. Yes, that's excellent, uh, Matt and Caleb, what you just mentioned. But I have to interject there as well because many people assume, uh, you know, the games, Dungeons Dragons, the magic, and that's all true. Then they just kind of stop there. But it goes beyond that. Mm -hmm. What people don't realize is that the way the magic, or if you think of warlocks and sorcerers, um, the projection in game scenarios is that somehow the darkness has power. But if you actually look at real life and you do comparisons, one thing you'll discover also with the Bible scriptures is that in order to have so-called power with the devil, you have to become a liar and a deceiver. You have to become a puppet master and deceive mm. populations. A lot of people don't realize this. They think that if you're a sorcerer in a video game context, but talk about real life as well, that somehow you have this power because you you know, have this dark book and so on. No, it goes beyond that. You have to be a bona fide liar. Your language has to be lies. Everything you do is lies. You have to instigate wars. You have to say all these things to lead people to their destruction and you have to enjoy it. It's the only way you're gonna have power in darkness which is actually not power, but actually sapping power from your neighbor. That's actually what evil is all about. It's actually ridiculously simple. Evil is all about taking power from your neighbor. It is not your own power. Real power has to come from the creator, the one who created power. He created the earth, he created the heaven, he created energy, you know, lightning and fire. If you want that, you have to go back to God Almighty, your your creator, uh, you know, Jesus being that bridge to your father in heaven. You're not going to get that with the devil and his forces. Unfortunately, video gaming, movies, books, comic books, and even our own minds, our own, own assumptions and fan fictions, we just don't consider that. Look, there was a long time when the Lord did call me to find God in the media. I even called that a ministry, finding God in the media. And, you know, yes, you can find God in the media. But after all these years of research, what I'm realizing is it's time for people like me to now move on and start to look into, and here it goes, what kind of games, movies, visual novels, you name it, what kind of products, multimedia, does God himself want to build? Mm. This goes back to 14 when I was that old. It no longer my ideas, no longer what. So it's not just finding God in the media but is going the extra step, what kind of products would God build directly based on him? No more of the filters through the cultures anymore. No one thinks about this. This is, has to come from a place of 
And that's why I go back to the surrender. You, you really have to give up a lot of what you think the world works, what you think God wants you to do. Because we're, you know, we as Christians, I mean us, the three of us, we we got to the Father through the blood of Jesus cleansing us. Uh, the deliverance, holy, okay. The problem is the people I'm talking about, they don't think like that. All right. It's very important. So what I'm speaking of is the secular side of it, which interestingly, even Christians, they actually mirror this. Mm -hmm. What I realize is that there is not a single product out there that is truly 100% adequate to actually bring people to exactly what Jesus was talking about. And unfortunately, what that means is we will always have that vulnerability that the enemy keeps us thinking it must be this way. And actually it isn't. There's a much more lovelier, holier, easier, I'm, I'm talking about Jesus here, way that God made. And here we are just beating ourselves to death over lies. We think we have to punish ourselves because again, we, we keep thinking surely I must save my people in my strength. I must be the king to represent God as my king, but we never stop to do what Jesus did. And he just surrendered to his father, like in the garden of Gethsemane. And he was asking, you know, can you remove this cup from me? You know, he was literally talking to his father. Um, we dropped that completely because remember Greek mythos, you're not supposed to have a relationship with the gods. There, there is a barrier, a void. When Jesus tore that veil, that's direct family with God almighty, especially the heavenly father. Well, that's what I'm talking about. And you know what? No, I've actually never seen that, unfortunately. We need God to build new games, new movies, new stories, actually. It's actually the stories. A video game is like a scroll. A video game is like a book. When you look at the Bible, it's the word of God. But what is it physically? It's paper and it's ink. A video game is just code and programming language. What's the difference? But what is the content? Who are you glorifying? Who is mm -hmm. your Lord? What right. kind of systems are you running? Systems that God designed or systems that your enemy lied to you about to keep you a prisoner? And the worst part of it, you are actually imprisoning yourself. And that's just whole, based on. And that's the whole ahead, point of it. And, that, you know, you're good. But that's the whole point of this ministry that that um, uh, Omega Kingdom Ministry, where Russ Wagner has reached me and Matt and others to try to reach to millennials. That's the whole point we're trying to get back to is putting Jesus as the head. Because we've severed the head, whether we, uh, whether we know, well, mostly believers, we, we unknowingly do it because we, we relied on something that we're so used to all our lives. The way we, you know, it's, it has to be in a building. And th this is how it's supposed to be set up um, governmentally in the, in, the in the church clergy and all that. This is what we've been used to. And, we, and when we look in scripture, we see the opposite. So, and it's, so it just goes back to what you're saying, Stevan, that uh, people are like, well, now the enemy is all about trying to confuse the people saying, oh, this is how it must be. No, if anything, the, the first the first church, the ecclesia, they were always meeting in homes and they were always, con not, I'm not saying they were perfect. I mean, again, trying to, we, we put them on a pedestal. That's a perfect example. <laughs> they but, certainly had their issues. They definitely had their issues, but they still were seeking Jesus to ask, okay, Lord, what do you, what would you have us learn who would you have us help? Where do we go to preach the gospel and all that? So they were still striving for that. Because uh, Paul continued to tell, put himself down saying, I'm the, the worst sinner of all, but yet I'm still going for it because I love my father. I'm lo I love Jesus because how he changed me, I'm, I'm going to preach the gospel, even though I got my issues. Um, but uh, that's the whole point of this ministry is learning, is teaching everyone that the ecclesia 
to put Jesus's back as the head to be guided because we can have we can have our different experiences and we, we, we come from different you know directions and all that um and all we can do is share what we've learned from the father we may have our disagreements and all that but now let's we put them back on the table we put them on the table and bring them to the head and the head will make everything clear so that and so it's it basically ties into what what you're doing and what this whole ministry is all about Stefan. Yes. I mean, and, and how how does the body see without the head? <laughs> you know, if we yeah. if we've uh, unwittingly, pun intended, um, <laughs> cut off the head, then how is it that we're functioning at all? You, you know, if I may say something, um, you, exactly what you just said, Matt. If you think about the enemy, the enemy as a body, what would happen if you kill a dragon from the inside? For some reason, no one seems to think about that. And yeah, I see it. And the interesting thing is that um, basically people have been instructed, programmed, or even, you mm -hmm. know, trauma at a young child age, age of a child. Um, Christians try to deliver them and there's no deliverance and they wonder why that's exactly what this ministry is all about also right. the heart of the enemy like you said Caleb about uh Saul of Tarsus who became Paul uh, you know chief of sinners what's the chief of sinners doing you know serving God that's exactly what I'm looking into mm -hmm. um you go to the people who are in the heart of darkness the heart of the dragon and you kill the dragon from the inside that's literally the key word I'm going to end this with you kill the enemy from the inside He's already been defeated by Jesus. We know that. He's been imprisoned and whatever, whatever. But you have to destroy the enemy. You got to know your enemy, know the enemy tactics. If you don't, you will die for lack of knowledge. It's right. scriptural. Absolutely. It's as simple as that. That's my final Absolutely. keyword. And that's right. the thing, because with uh, with uh, with the church, we we don't know how to truly fight in the spirit. And now the Lord is really trying to awaken His people, guys. You, mm. Jesus won the war. Yeah. I have won the war. This is Jesus, Jesus talking. I have won the war. But you got to continue fighting because you're in this war, but fight in my victory. Fight in, you know, go out and meet, you know, preaching the gospel, healing people, you know, uh, casting out demons, especially that. There's so much, uh, you know, people with all the issues and all that because we're influ influenced by the wrong voice. Uh, so we, being the body, being the, the light bearers that Jesus calls to be, we're, ca we're called to do, to do these things just as he did. Uh, but even greater, he even said that we will do greater things than even he did. And I'm like, what does that look like? So it's we're, again, it's all just going back, putting the head. And with the, with with your leading, it's about using video games to again put glorify to glorify Jesus, glorify and to reach video game lovers to get back, you know, to, to reach them to uh, with with stories that they're um, enticed with, you know, the, the structure and all that. But now there's a better way. So yeah. Again, Sivan, we we pray and we pray a blessing upon uh, your ministry, uh, and yeah. uh, knowing that the Lord's going to bless it immensely and reach people and do things that you probably couldn't even imagine. So we 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 uh, we wish you the best with with this and where the Lord's directing you. And I received you know, that blessing. And thanks for coming on, and you're more than welcome to come on anytime. Seriously, um, we there's so much more depth that we could dive into with any one of these myriad topics and it's just 
Yeah, it's mm. just beautiful. Yeah, actually. Actually, uh, Siobhan, where where could they where can everyone try to uh, like uh, do you have a website a certain direction where people can like go to uh, do, do a little more research of what you're all about? So, at the moment, I have a brand new email address. So, okay. I'm sort of reorganizing once again okay. for the new ministry, but it is worth sharing. So the email is revelation20, revelation20 at proton.me. It's all lowercase. That's the email. Um, I also have um, a Discord profile because, you know, I am working on something on that side. Okay. And so people can reach me and direct message me on that profile directly on Discord. It's rev20, rev20, hashtag 5905. And that will give you everything you need to find me on Discord, the profile. You can direct okay. message me. On Discord, um, okay. I have another project ongoing, but it will have to wait for another time on there. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Stevan, right. thank you thank you so much. Uh, again, we, we appreciate you sharing. And it's amazing what the Lord's already showing you in so much detail. And uh, uh, I'm telling you, he's given you a gift to just understand all this. And to and I, and I look forward to seeing to see what he's going to do through all this. So guys, uh, thank you guys for those who are watching and tuning in. Uh, uh, like I said, this is a um, we'll be posting the Stevan's uh, information on our on our platforms. Uh, if you would continue wanting to try to reach us, um, uh, our email that you can reach both me and Matter at is outpouring um, underscore underscore fellowship. I'll get this fellowship at proton.me. Instagram at uh, with me uh, Instagram at, at Caleb underscore meal uh, telegram uh, at Matthias 76 and we're on true social and um, I haven't put we haven't put this on yet but my other contact information um, is Caleb meal at outlook.com uh, and we'll post our my the, the our YouTube uh, channel uh, thing for those who don't use rumble as a platform um, but and, and want to use that so we want to try to get the word out uh, as well. Again, uh, until next time, shalom, shalom, uh, and uh, may God's peace be with you always. Amen. Amen. All right.